With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Two weeks from today, we will be in Las Vegas. Our first show out there at the Fountain Blue. Sal Capaccio has been uh, the Bills beat reporter for WGR Sports Radio. He has uh, covered the team for 13 years. He's a sideline reporter as well, and he joins us on the program. Sal, thanks for getting up and joining us. Um, Give me a sense of what the feeling was in Buffalo leading up to this game, the confidence level you think that the Bills and fan base had. First of all, it's a pleasure and honor to join you, Dan. Thanks for having me. Um, I would say it was cautiously optimistic because – We've seen the Bills bow out to the Kansas City Chiefs a couple of times over the last three years in the playoffs, but those games were in Kansas City. Now you get a chance to have what appeared to be more of a wounded kind of Kansas City team, meaning not the same Chiefs offense. They've seemed more vulnerable, and you had them here in your house, right, where it's super loud. It's going to make it a tougher environment. So I think fans were cautiously optimistic, feeling good about that, but also knowing they were depleted on defense with all the injuries. And if you can just kind of hold on for 60 minutes and make a few plays, you're going to the AFC Championship game. I think that was the feeling going in. Do you think any changes are made? Sure, there's always changes. I mean, big changes? You know, this is an aging roster, but it's still got some good young talent, obviously, and Josh Allen is just in the prime of his career right now. Um, So they're going to contend for a while, but you have to think about guys like, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and, you know, what their future lies and Von Miller. And he's got a big contract, but, you know, coming off the injury, he wasn't that effective um, this particular season. But if you're talking about front office coaching changes. There's a segment of fans who definitely would tell you, and we take calls like this all the time on my radio show, Dan, that say like, hey, Sean McDermott has been great as a culture changer, but maybe they've hit their ceiling. Maybe they can't go any farther with him. But I'll be honest with you, I, I just – I don't see it from my perspective that ownership would do something like that. They love what they have in Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, what they built here. They're contenders every year. They want a great program. They have synergy. And the owners, the Terry and Kim Pagula, also own the hockey team in town, which isn't performing very well. And they're trying to put resources into that to try and, you know, I don't think they want to have both those things happening, but you never know. Nothing surprises me in this business. What do you think the level of pain is today, if you were going to describe it to the rest of the country? Um, it's, 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 uh, it's, 
it's up there. If it's a one through 10, it's close to a 10. I mean, listen, it was a little anticlimactic at the end. It wasn't like losing with 13 seconds left when you thought you had it and we're going to the AFC championship at home a couple of years ago. But still, I mean, I think more than anything, Dan, this is a big picture thing for this city. You know, other than the AFL years in the 1960s and the lacrosse team, which is in town, I want to give them respect. We've never won a championship here with the Buffalo Bills, a Super Bowl, or a Stanley Cup with the Buffalo Sabres. And we've been down that road many times and very close. And I think this is just another one of those long lists of things that have happened in the city. I grew up here. I was here during the Super Bowl years. And now I cover this team professionally. And, and it hurts. It hurts badly this morning because, again, I think there's a sense of if you weren't going to beat the Chiefs this year, if you weren't going to do it now, will you ever be able to do it? Well, that's what I kept coming back to, that there's no other player – in modern-day football that I feel more confident in than Patrick Mahomes. So even when the team is not as good, I, there, there's still that confidence. Maybe we, we certainly had that with Brady. We had that probably with Joe Montana. Game on the line, you go, yeah, somehow. And I still don't have that yet with Josh Allen where you go, you know what? And, and I thought he played pretty well. I didn't understand the game plan in the final, uh, in the fourth quarter. They started to throw the ball where I thought, they could they could have kept running all night and rushed for over 200 yards. So did McDermott talk about they tried to change things up there in the fourth quarter? No, I think what happened, though, was um, if you watch you know, the game the first half, the Bills were dominating the line of scrimmage. They were running for over five yards a carry. They, they were controlling the game with the run game. Chiefs made a nice adjustment in the, in the second half. They, they went from two high to one high. They put a guy in the box. They were making sure the Bills couldn't run the ball. They were, they were really kind of forcing the Bills' weapons to beat them in the outside, and the Bills couldn't win. And when they did win, they had a couple drop passes, right? I mean, they took a couple shots down the field, Stephon Diggs, Trent Sherfield. So I don't think it was some major game plan shift. I think the Chiefs did a good job of taking away okay. the run game. You know, but but on that note, though, I think the game plan was, you know, the Bills came into this game so depleted on defense, Dan, that I think the Bills said, look, if we can control the game on the ground and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and have long drives, and they did that, seven-minute drives, eight-minute drives. Unfortunately, though, the first one ends in a field goal, not a touchdown. That hurts you. Then you go three and out in another series later. That hurts you. And really, at the end of the day, you couldn't stop the Chiefs, and they were just scoring every time, which is why they went for the fake field goal. I'm sorry, the fake punt. And McDermott said, look, we just weren't stopping them. Um, so, And then as far as Josh Allen's concerned, I thought he played one heck of a game again. This guy's been so good in the playoffs. I was doing the numbers this morning, Dan. It's amazing to think. He started 10 playoff games this career. He's 5-5, five and, five, and of course, the record is the record. When you count passing, rushing, and even one reception he had for a touchdown a few years ago, 330 yards a game. He's accounted for 27 touchdowns and only four interceptions. I mean, his numbers are remarkable. It's incredible that he has not been to a Super Bowl yet. And I think this is what we do, right? We all know it. We grew up in Dan Marino and Jim Kelly, and this is what we do. We It's the quarterback's the quarterback. Josh Allen, if anybody thinks that he is some sort of issue why the Bills haven't gotten this, this far to where they need to go, then they haven't watched because this is the only reason this guy, he's carrying this team on his back like he kind of did last night. The weather is tolerable when you have football. But now that you don't have football, does it get colder, Sal? <laughs> it gets colder, especially when you have a hockey team that currently has the longest uh, NHL playoff drought going on, and normally we can turn our attention there, right? I mean, normally it's like, okay, well, football season, it's over. It kind of things. We got our Sabres, but that hasn't been the case for 11, 12 years now in the playoffs, you know? And 
we have uh, we have some nice things to do here in the winter in Buffalo. We got college basketball around. We got some skiing and sledding and things like that. But I would say for sure, our attention here in Buffalo now turns to the off season. The Bills really kind of run the show here, and the Sabers do too when they're good. But yeah, I'd say so. I always say that same thing, Dan. I'm like the worst months really are like late January and into February. So the longer the Bills can go on, that helps all of our mental health and the way we feel about things. Thank you, Sal. We appreciate you joining us. Anytime, man. Thank you. That's Sal Capaccio. He is the uh, Bills beat reporter, sideline reporter for WGR Sports Radio. He's been doing that, uh, covering the Bills for 13 years. Yeah, there's cold, but you have football. And then there's cold when you don't have football. And it seems to drop about 10 degrees. All right, a couple of uh, phone calls in here. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Buddha, San Francisco leads us off. Good morning, Buddha. What up, DP? What's up, Fritzy? Um, Dan, Niners playing like they play like that next weekend. They're gonna leave me, kind of leave me saying, "What up, Doe?" I mean, shout out to Jeff in Detroit. Happy for him in Detroit, and that's certainly a cool dynamic going down in the NFL. But Dan, worst of the weekend was the Bills not pulling that off yesterday. They got like a little chargery field, just but like in the postseason. I mean, they just find ways to lose these like close ones, and it's just kind of sad, but. Obviously, best of the weekend, Dan. The Niners figuring it out, getting the NFC Championship again. But we need to start cashing these trips in because, you know, otherwise it's all going to be not good. good. Thank you, Buddha. Uh, Chris in Kansas. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind? What up, what up DP? Hey, Chris. Got a, got a question for uh, you and the Danettes. So I've been a Cowboys fan for better part of the uh, decade. And Jerry Jones is slowly, slowly killing my fandom. I don't know how much more this guy can stomach. So my question to you guys is, at what point is it acceptable to switch teams? Or is it just a cardinal sin that cannot be broken ever? Well, I think that's what being a fan is, Chris. That there are highs and lows. There's pain attached to that. But I don't think you can bail just... It's been a slow march there with Jerry Jones. I mean, it's been thirty over 30 years. I mean, is anything going to change? But it's when you win, that's when you realize that it was all worth it. You know, the Cub fans, it was worth it. Other fan bases, you find, like Detroit. If Detroit goes to the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl, it's all worth it. All to that pain. But that's what makes you a fan. That's what's important, that you care that much. But you can't bail. Like, you can, but what are you going to do, root for the Texans? But you can't go back. The Cowboys win next year. Well, maybe not next year. Maybe the year after that. Then you can't go back. Uh, Chase in Utah. Hi, Chase. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan. Dan thanks for taking my call. Um, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, pretty obvious worst with the Bills. Uh, gosh. Well, I hate hearing those words wide right. I don't ever want to hear that again. Um, but best of the weekend, we have some great football. I also want to shout out Jeff in Detroit. I love seeing the Lions make it to the championship round. Um, and then the other part was taking a pie to the face, which you guys checked the email. I sent a video to you. I paid up. Still love you, Seton, and Fritzy. I know I give you a hard time, uh, but you're the one I love to hate. So 
Okay, Fritzy. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Oh, okay. There you go. We have exclusive footage of that. We do uh, just moments ago. That was uh, sent in. Also, but Chase lost a bet. Pie to the face. There will be a look-in, I think, in the near future today showing uh, what that looked okay, like. Okay, we'll show that on Peacock, our streaming partner. Uh, Michael in Rochester. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind? Morning, Dan. Dan Etz. First time, long time. 5'10", soft 175. Best and worst of the weekend. Best is I got a vasectomy. Two worsts of the weekend. I got a vasectomy. And then the Bills lost. Do you think the Bills <laughs> should keep McDermott? Or um, what do you think they should do to try to get over this hump? Because wide right is just words we don't want to hear anymore. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make a change. Thank you, Michael. But let me put it to you this way. What if you are ownership and you're running the Buffalo Bills and Bill Belichick is available? Let's say Bill Belichick stays in the division, so he's prepped for this division for 24 years. He knows every one of these teams extremely well. And you could hire him, and maybe Josh McDaniels comes in, your offensive coordinator. Would the Bills entertain that? Would Bill Belichick entertain that? Would that change the Buffalo Bills if you brought in Bill Belichick? Here's another thing with Belichick. Greatest coach of all time. The Atlanta Falcons have interviewed him twice. But they're also interviewing Jim Harbaugh twice, and it feels like the job opening is wide open. When you have this opportunity for... Now, I know you have to check the boxes. There's the Rooney rule. You want to make sure you get as much intel from coaches. But if you can hire Bill Belichick, after you've done everything you're supposed to do, required, why hasn't he been hired? Or the possibility that Bill is going there. Peter King had a report, Monday morning quarterback, job search is wide open. I don't know what the holdup is from the Falcon side of this. Now, I would always interview as many people as possible because I want your information. What do you see? What do we need to do? But also, if you're bringing in Belichick, you have to ask him, all right, do you want total control? Do you want us to get a general manager? Uh, who are you bringing with you? You know, those kind, of, those kind of questions, I would think. Or Bill might be interviewing you as well of what you're going to give him. But Peter King says he gets that sense that it's a little bit more wide open. But I don't know other teams that are interested in Bill. It feels like it's the Falcons right now. Now, that doesn't mean if they hire somebody else, Bill wouldn't turn his attention to, let's say, the Commanders or maybe a, a younger team. I don't know if he's interested in the Chargers and vice versa. But feels like Jim Harbaugh is the object of desire, and we don't even know if he's coming out. We talked about this, what was that, a week ago or two weeks ago, and I asked a reporter, is Jim using teams for leverage? And Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports goes, no, not at all. And I thought, well, why wouldn't you? Because somebody may go, man, we're desperate. We want Harbaugh. We're going to give you this. Then Jim goes back to Michigan. Mike Florio had a report over the weekend that Harbaugh might be using the NFL's leverage for Michigan and his contract. So just some of the coaching moves or what's been going on so far. And I was wondering about that. If I'm Buffalo and I could bring in Bill Belichick, I'd bring him in. He knows the division. He knows you as well as you know you, probably. And would he be an upgrade? Yes, any place he would go would be an upgrade. The question is, are you going to acquiesce to everything that you need with Bill Belichick? 
Yes, Eaton. If that's all true about Jim Harbaugh, then he would quite possibly be the only coach in the history of everything to not use teams as leverage. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. Okay. He's uh, the only guy who's like, no, I'm comfortable with my deal, and I'll just negotiate with Michigan uh, directly. Yeah, this is... Uh, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, of course you're going to use it as leverage, but yeah, then I was told that, no, he he's already going to get that money, and I'm thinking, okay. Feels like you could still say, all oh, the Chargers are going to give me this plus this. There's one way to get a little more money. Yes, Todd. I understand there's other exciting candidates out there, but that must be weird for Arthur Blank or any owner to reach out to Bill Belichick and say, congratulations, you made it to the second round of interviews. <laughs> it's Bill Belichick. He's got to come back a second time, a third so time. So Peter King, in his column, says, I think the Falcons must be thinking, if we hold Bill Belichick in high regard, why does no other team? He's had no other interviews, at least not any that we know of. Maybe teams sniffing around coaches don't think hiring a soon-to-be 72-year-old guy, regardless of his resume, is such a good idea. Peter King. Take a break. Play of the Day is up next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The original light beer, 1975. Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, lose. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. 
It's hour two on this Monday. Come on in, stay a while. Everybody's here, including Fritzy, Seton, Marv, Paulie, yours truly. 877-3DP-SHOW. We'll take your phone calls, as we always do every Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Former Lions All-Pro lineman, now a broadcaster for the Lions, Lomas Brown will join us coming up. Also, Peter Schrager from NFL Network, Fox Sports. An update on Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick and some of the openings here. Also, Hall of Famer with the Patriots, Ty Law, will join us coming up as well. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Good morning if you're watching on Peacock, our streaming partner. Thank you. If you uh, haven't downloaded the app, please do so. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. All right, Seton, poll question as we clean up hour one. And what about hour two's poll question? Hour one, we add up there, which hurts more? What happened to the bills yesterday or actual pain? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, 60% of the vote is actual pain, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so suck it up, Bills fans. It's not that bad. That's basically what our audience is saying. Yeah, but they may not be Bills fans. The Bills fans may say, look. They're too close to it. Yes. They can't answer it. Like, I'll take that pain. That wound will heal. But that pain yesterday, that'll take a little bit longer. Yeah, no, they're they're too close to it. They can't answer that poll question. Mm -hmm. They have to sit that one out. Uh, We were going to go with one of the toddlers here. Um, Will Josh Allen eventually reach the Super Bowl? Okay. Uh, Todd, did you vote on that? I voted no. Okay, Seton? Sorry. I think yes. He makes it to a Super Bowl. I do think he makes it to a Super Bowl. Okay, Marvin, what about you? Phillip Rivers 2.0. No. Dang. That's messed up. All right, Paulie? The Bills are way over the cap. They're going to have a lesser team next year. Uh, I I think they're going to be farther away next year. But your answer is? No. Okay. Uh... How old is Josh Allen? 27, maybe? 27. 27. They're in cap hell. Now, their defense uh, maligned because of the injuries there. Feels like they got a running back. I hope that that relationship with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen is good. And confidence level in coaching with uh, Sean McDermott remains high. So... You know, you have to start handicapping that. Lamar Jackson, two MVPs, including this year, and he he's young, too. Mahomes is still under 30. Uh, Joe Burrow. Like, I've, if I just look at the AFC quarterbacks, oh, man. I'm going to say no. I'll say no. And, and, and only because the odds are against it. I think we feel like, oh, you know, there's always next year. But it doesn't mean that you're just because you're there, you're going to get over the hump there. We haven't seen that yet. To get, they played in one AFC title game, but to get to a Super Bowl, just feels like with those young quarterbacks, that's going to be tough sledding. The Detroit Lions are going to the NFC title game, second time in franchise history. Lomas Brown, Lions radio color analyst and uh, member of the Lions all-time team, he joins us on the program. Who would have thought that we would ever come to this day, Lomas, as long as I've known you, that we'd be talking about the Lions in the NFC title game? How emotional has this been for you as a former player? Oh, my goodness, Dan. 
it's just been everything. It, it What it does is it just brings back memories, and you start thinking about the guys that you play with and the guys that never got the opportunity, you know, to just reach this point. And you just look what happened to the Lions over those 30-some-odd years and just – Every bad thing that can happen did happen to this organization, this franchise. And it's just it's so refreshing to see now that they're on the top and still climbing, still climbing. But we got a nice young team here. Okay. More emotional the first playoff win or what happened this weekend? Uh, for me, I think it was the first playoff win because, again, it had been 30-some-odd years, not since the 91 team or 92 team, um, that they were we were able to win that. And for me, being in that game, you know, playing with Barry Sanders and the Kevin Glovers and the Jerry Balls, the great players that I played with, just to be in that game. And like I say, a lot of those guys came back for the game. It just – Brought us back to the Silverdome days, which is now Amazon. <laughs> uh, I was watching Jameer Gibbs and his ability to make people miss in the box. I mean, that's Barry Sanders-like, and I, I, I don't throw that compliment out very often. I mean, Gibbs is a special, special running back. Yeah, you could see some things, and you're right. So do I, man. Every time I say Barry name and say it with another players, I go wash my mouth out with soap <laughs> because you're right. You can't do that. But, man, Jameer, I've seen some things that make me say, okay, he has a little something of what the little big fella has and stuff. You know, so it makes me reminisce about Barry. But, you know, there will only be one Barry. But the way we use Jameer Gibbs, not only in the run game, but the passing game, all we want to do is get that young man out in space and let him do what he do, Dan. All right. Give me the game plan for the Lions going to San Francisco. Yeah. Hey, rely on our big fellas up front. I'm telling you. And not, not just because I was a big fella. Hey, the old line has been playing awesome all year long. That's what this team has relied on. If Jared needed protection, the O-line is there to give it to him. When Jameer and David Montgomery need a hole to run through, the O-line is there to provide it for those guys. That's who we leaned our team on this year. That's who Dan Campbell has his faith in to lead this team. And they've been doing a wonderful job. So we're going to have to control the line of scrimmage, period, for us to win up there. Well, congrats, Lomas. You're not done yet. Good luck uh, out in San Francisco, and and maybe we'll uh, see you at the Super Bowl. That sounds great, my good man. (laughs) Thank you, Lomas. That's uh, Lomas Brown. He's uh, the analyst for the Lions on radio. He was the sixth overall pick back in 1985. He won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers and uh, a member of the Detroit Lions all-time team. It was nice to see some of those players, including Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, celebrated and celebrating with the Detroit Lions. Because if there is an America's team, a true a true America's team, it's it's Detroit. Just that storyline, 32 years and the struggles. You know, when you're bad, like they weren't relevant, they were bad, they were embarrassing. You know, it's one thing if you just say, yeah, we haven't made the playoffs in a while. Like they were trying to win a game. Or two games. 
And Dan Campbell, when he came in, I think we all looked at him and went, this isn't going to last. Okay, seems animated, seems funny, but those players reacted to him. And that city has attached himself to this Lions team because they believe in them. Like, sometimes you get that false hope where you go, I don't know. I don't know how invested I am. Now, you won two games. Now you go to San Francisco, and you feel like, hey, we can beat them. All right, uh, poll question. We have that for hour two. Phone calls coming up. Peter Schrager from NFL Network will join us as well. Plus, the Niners and the Packers, that feels like it was longer, you know, long ago, longer than Saturday night. But it's still staying with me of the Niners not looking good and Brock Purdy not looking good until that final drive. That's when you needed him, and he did show up. The weather played a role, but the weather played a role then for Jordan Love as well. It's not like it stopped raining when the Packers had the ball. But Brock Purdy never looked comfortable, and Christian McCaffrey played really well. All right, uh, Nathan in Reno. Hi, Nathan. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Uh, First time, long time, uh, 5'10", a portly 200. Yes. Hey, I, it's uh, funny you were just talking about uh, Purdy and San Francisco. I, I was, uh, was going to ask you that. Uh, you know, the, the narrative on him has been, you know, he can't come from behind. Uh, he, he can't do it unless all the conditions are perfect. You know, they lost Devo really early, nasty weather, really tough uh, Green Bay team. But he did pull it out at the end. I think he went like six for seven on the last drive, had a really nice throw to a receiver that hadn't played very much. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it and see if you thought that that could be sustainable. Well, I don't know because we haven't seen him in the playoffs. He got hurt against the Eagles. And you're at home, you know, conditions weren't optimum. Prior to Saturday, the Niners were 0-31, regular and postseason when trailing by five or more points entering the fourth quarter under Kyle Shanahan. The only team without a win in those conditions over that span since 2017. Start of the day, 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 start of the day. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of this program. So, 31 times, regular season, postseason, Niners trailed by five or more going into the fourth quarter. They had not won a game until prior to Saturday. All right, uh, some more phone calls in here. Jeff in Detroit. Hey, Jeff, congratulations. Thank you, Dan. What up, though? One time for chat row. I'm going to tell you something. Lions fans can get after it. I've never partied with the whole city before. Oh, my God. You, you sound a little sound a little rough. Oh, my God, Dan. We got after it and just, it was the jubilation. That's the only thing that I can honestly say. Everywhere you went, everybody was friendly. Everybody, every, it, it just, a sea of blue, man. It, it, it's just spectacular. I will never, ever forget this. 
for my whole life. Jameer Gibbs is a lot faster in person than he is on TV as well. That dude can flat out accelerate and fly. Most definitely. Best and worst. Best are going to be the Lions. Worst is going to be Green Bay. Man, I, I called them to win. They should have won. They didn't. And I feel real bad for uh, Bills fans. You know, they don't deserve it, especially as great as their quarterback is. They just keep getting put out by the same person over and over again. But Go Lions. Woo. All right. Congratulations, Jeff. Haven't heard Jeff in that condition before, but then he hasn't been in that position to be in that condition before. Scott in Washington. Hi, Scott. What's on your mind? Hey, morning, DP. Thanks for taking my call. And, uh, Janet's. Um, what I have to say, I've best and worst. My best is San Francisco beating Green Bay. Uh, my worst is it looks like Green Bay has another 10 year quarterback. And being a Bears fan, I, uh, I I can't believe it. It just it crushes me to think that. And then last is <laughs> that's just terrible. Then the last is does Patrick Mahomes now get to do the Aaron Rodgers? I own you. I, I think he can do that to a lot of teams. Now he doesn't own them during the regular season because Josh Allen, I think, has won three of the four meetings in the regular season. In the postseason, he owns them. But I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers-esque with what he's done to the Chicago Bears. But then Buffalo's better than Chicago, or at least has been for quite some time. Brad in South Carolina. Hi, Brad. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dan. Thanks so much. Marv, I feel you. Saturday night, Niners. Man, that was tough, but it ended up good. So it's my worst and my best of the weekend. Worst is the first 54 minutes of that game. My best. The last six minutes of that game, it was beautiful. Dan, question for you: As far as Mr. Purdy goes, is Saturday night's performance is that Montana esque, or is he still just a game manager? Well, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. Game manager is I'm taking what you're going to give me. I'm being smart. I'm making smart decisions. I, I mean, Joe Montana was a game manager. Tom Brady's the greatest game manager. You can't say, oh boy, he relied on all of his athleticism. Tom had to manage a game. To me, it's not, an, it's not meant as a negative. Because it's the difference between being a pitcher and a thrower. A pitcher has to think out there. There are guys who just, you know, just go back and fire. That's it. They're not thinking. Whereas it's, it's managing a game. You know, it's not rearing back and firing it and that's it. You know, Greg Maddox became one of the great pitchers of all time because he became a pitcher, not a thrower. When he was with the Cubs, he threw hard. Then he became a pitcher. Uh, Nolan Ryan became a pitcher instead of just a thrower. You know, I use the baseball analogy because to me it's the same. You have the ball in your hands. What are you going to do? What's your approach? Does it change with that batter, that inning, that game, that season? And with these quarterbacks, understanding how to manage. Patrick Mahomes is a game manager. It just means that he makes the right calls in the right situations. He's just being smart. It's not a negative of, oh, you take the guys who are athletic, but you take the guys who aren't athletic, and that's not what it's meant to be. It's how do you handle a game? Josh Allen wasn't a good game manager when he first came into the league. Now he's become a better game manager. Lamar Jackson, the same way. It's understanding what do we need to do, when do we need to do it. 
And Joe Montana was a game manager. Tom Brady, a game manager. And it's not meant as any disrespect. Johnny Unitas, game manager. One of the great passers created the two-minute drill. It's understanding how to call the game. That's it. We'll talk to Peter Schrager, get an update on Bill Belichick. Why isn't any other team interviewing Bill Belichick? Do they think it's a foregone conclusion Bill's going to the Falcons? If you're the Falcons and nobody else is wanting to interview Bill Belichick, that that give you pause there. What about Jim Harbaugh? Is this just a leverage play to head back to Michigan? We'll talk to Peter. He'll join us coming up right after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. Get upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. Courtesy of our buddy Rich Eisen, the list of quarterbacks to take two different franchises to championship games this century. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Kurt Warner, and Jared Goff. Kind of sounds like a stat of the day there, Marvin. Thank you. Woo! Ow! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! Stat of the day! This is the stat of the day! City Chiefs fan, Melissa Etheridge, with our stat of the day, brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Seton, give me the poll question, then uh, we will talk to Peter Schrager from NFL Network's Good Morning Football. Poll question for this hour, Dan, is will Josh Allen eventually reach the Super Bowl, yes or no? All right. Right now we're at 50-50 on that. All right, let me ask Peter Schrager that. One of the hosts of NFL Network's Good Morning Football. Will Josh Allen make a Super Bowl in his career. Feels like he's getting further and further away as we wake up this morning, Dan. Good morning. morning. Uh, 
I I put this out there. You know, Dan Fouts was a Hall of Fame quarterback. Never played in a Super Bowl. Warren Moon was a Hall of Fame quarterback. Never played in a Super Bowl. I think Philip Rivers is going to the Super Bowl, uh, to the Hall of Fame. He never played in a Super Bowl. Sometimes that's just how it is. And you can have great seasons and you can have great careers and you can put up a lot of... But if this Bills team with the cards that they were laid out at home against an undermanned Chiefs team that hasn't been their best, with no Joe Burrow in the, in the landscape whatsoever, the path was there. path was there and they're gone in the divisional round again. And the way Josh Allen plays, so physical, running so much. To, and I'll see that in his 30s, becoming an even greater part of his game. Um, I don't see his arm strength getting better in his 30s, and I'm not sure this roster gets any better with all the free agents they have. It's a cold pill to lose in a divisional round. For Bills fans, I think it's particularly a cold pill because this was Josh Allen at his all-time best again last night, and they're not going to even make it to the championship game. Yeah, I feel good about the Texans' future. I feel good about the Packers' future. I don't know about the Buccaneers' future. Um and Buffalo, you know, they're in salary cap hell. So I don't feel great about Buffalo moving forward. I did pose this question. All right, Bill Belichick is out there on the open market. If you're Buffalo, would you entertain bringing Bill Belichick in mm. back into the division that he knows oh so wow. well? Would you do that? Here's the thing. There's been no outside coaching hires made yet so you're not so far behind the eight ball where it's like you know what we got so far in the playoffs and at this point to hire a coach we're going to be behind the eight. Belichick hasn't hired been hired by the Falcons it's a conversation you can have on talk radio and we can do it I don't know if Buffalo sees it as Sean McDermott's right there and this wasn't a McDermott thing like gosh if, if you are to make the case that they can't win with McDermott you would say the offense was awesome last night for Buffalo. It was the defense and the special teams that let them down in the big spots. But I feel like Sean's still got that team. Um, but just as the Cowboys are bringing back McCarthy saying we're right there, yeah. I feel like Buffalo's going to bring back McDermott and say we're right there. Belichick, though, I didn't anticipate that question. That's a wild card. And guess what? In today's NFL, if Pagula looked at it and said, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. My quarterback's not getting any younger. I think Belichick's a better coach. I'm going to make a rash decision. I don't think anybody would say, well, no, you can't do that now. I think Buffalo fans are so upset and so starving for a victor and so starving for an opportunity to get back to that Super Bowl that anything is on the table at this point. Can you uh, reset the NFL head coaching job market right now with Harbaugh and Belichick meeting with Atlanta twice? By the way, nobody else has interviewed Bill Belichick. No. Isn't that strange? Greatest coach of all time, and nobody else has reached out yet. How surprising is that? It's very surprising. Uh, you know, Vrabel's interviewed for the uh, – Vrabel went in and interviewed for the Chargers job, and when Vrabel got fired, everyone on in my world's like, oh, well, the line to hire Mike Vrabel will be around the block. It, I think all three of those guys, Harbaugh, Belichick, and Vrabel, if you hire them, you are hiring a cult of personality. You are hiring – this is how it's done. This is how I do it. And this is what I'm bringing. Now they could all say in the interviews, they're going to be flexible. And yeah, no, I'm cool with you having your GM and your president and all your different org chart members. And, and oh no, no, yeah, no, I like what we got going on here. But at the end of the day, those guys are made men. And I don't think Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan to take direction from a different general manager or hire a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator. He doesn't know. And in Belichick's case, 
gosh, Rich McKay is a lifer in this league, and he's been with the Falcons for years, and I don't think he's going anywhere. And Terry Fontenot was a recently hot hire from the Saints as a GM, and he's going through this his third year, and he was he brought him in with that, uh, Arthur Smith. I don't think he's going anywhere, and I wonder if, you know what, it's a little easier if we just hire a Raheem Morris or an Ajiro Evero, or if Belichick's looking at it and saying, I don't want to be taking orders or having to weigh in with Rich McKay and, and Terry Fontenot. I'm, I'm Bill Belichick. So I always think of corporate structure and what you're bringing in when you hire these big-name hires because Harbaugh doesn't just come as Jim Harbaugh coach. Jim Harbaugh comes with the whole Jim Harbaugh machine, and you've got to kind of give him that power. Fascinating that neither one of those guys have been hired. It's fascinating that Belichick interviewed twice with the Falcons. Yeah. But also you have the Chargers situation. And you do have, you know, the one team that has a quarterback in place. Uh, how desirable is that job, and how do you think that plays out with L.A.? Yeah, I thought from the start that was Harbaugh's job to lose. It felt like it made a lot of sense. He's got San Diego ties, which isn't Los Angeles where they play, but when he coached at the University of San Diego, and he's got a history of, all right, if there's an urgency to win, bring me in, we'll win. Now, over the next couple of years, you might not like everything about it, and I might turn some of the people off, but we're going to win. And I feel like in that market, with a desire to be relevant, with a desire to get the most out of Justin Herbert, you bring in the quarterback whisperer, Jim Harbaugh, and you make it happen, but it hasn't happened yet. The one that's looming that I haven't heard his name mentioned and he hasn't interviewed, Pete Carroll in Southern California yeah. would be a monster, monster needle mover. And this would be one of those where you're talking about stealing some of the market share from USC and UCLA. I agree. I agree. I'm with you Pete on that. Pete wants to coach still. Yeah. Dude, Pete wants to coach. And I think Pete would come in with energy and it's Orange County. It's Manhattan Beach. This is where Pete Carroll lives. And yet there's been no reports of even a conversation with Pete Carroll from the Spanos family. So Harbaugh is big splash. But Pete Carroll, you're talking about all the things you want to check off the box as far as in that market and being relevant and what he can bring. I think Pete Carroll would be an interesting one, too. He's Peter Schrager, host of NFL Network's Good Morning Football. That's Monday through Friday at uh, 7 Eastern on NFL Network. Assistant coaches in the playoffs or coaching candidates in the playoffs, can they interview during the week? Like, yeah, no, now it's. Now it's, it's, it's kind of locked in now for the guys who are remaining. So you saw that uh, Mike McDonald interviewed during the, the, the last week. This week it was time for a lot of those teams that were in the wild card round to interview. And the one that I love was Ben Johnson on Saturday interviewed for three different teams virtually. Three different teams before the game of his life. And then actually delivered. Had an amazing game plan and the Lions took care of business. Uh, but there's all sorts of different conversations happening right now with these guys who are still in. I think it kind of pauses for the guys who are still remaining, um, but all the others can interview for sure. And then you talk about coordinators, and that's a little lesser on the on the, on the the dial, but like, what are the Eagles going to do? They, what what are the Patriots going to do? Who are they hiring with Gerard Mayo? All that is now happening, and there's so many conversations, and a lot of these are with search firms. So teams will hire an outside search firm, whether it be Mike Ford, who's running things in Carolina right now, or you've got your Corn Ferry and your other jet, you know, They've got these names and these guys put it all together and they work with some of these teams and they're the ones talking with these coaches and saying, would you be interested? Can we set you up in the meeting? So fascinating time. But yeah, it seems like conference championship week. Like let's dial ourselves in here. Will an, an established coach coach Carolina? I think they're going to go young. I think they're going to go away from the Belichick, Vrabel, Harbaugh tree. And I think it's going to be more of a younger coach 
that I think now look, I might they might hire Raheem Morris today, they might hire Giro Evero today, but I think from what I've heard that a lot of these conversations was what with David Tepper and some of these coaching candidates, what can you do with Bryce Young and what can you get out of Bryce Young? And if that's the case, it sounds like an offensive coach. And I think they've got a great list of young offensive coaches who have interviewed with them. And whether it be Slowick, who just got exited in Houston, whether it be uh, Ben Johnson, who didn't interview last year but has taken the meeting this year, and then you go with Dave Canales, who is kind of this wild card name, who is the Tampa Bay offensive coordinator, who no one was talking about before the season. Buccaneers got a lot out of Baker Mayfield. Um, maybe he a surprise pick that they can hire in, in Carolina as well. Your Super Bowl pick today is who? The same Super Bowl pick I made in September when I did it on our show, and I have been had it pinned on my Twitter. I will not abandon it because it's just you just got to ride with a team. That, what's the term? You dance with the guy that took you, whatever it is. Or, I have the or, chief, or the girl. Whatever it is. Hey, whatever it is. That's true. Um, <laughs> I've got the Chiefs beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Chiefs against the Niners in the Super Bowl. I got the Chiefs winning. You know, I, I said this to start the show. I, as strange as this is going to sound, I think Patrick Mahomes is underrated. Talk about it. I agree. I mean, it's... He's awesome last night. Well, you never hey, ever. Hey, he was awesome on Saturday night in the minus thirty against the Dolphins yes. on Peacock. He was amazing. Yes, but I think we get to the point where you get to a certain level, and then we take you for granted that you're a great story, and then all of a sudden we take you for granted. We like Giannis with the Bucks. Totally. You know, we we kind of take him for granted. Uh, you know, the Joker, we're going to take him for granted in the NBA. Like, there's certain players hey, that you just go, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, he's great. I'll say this. I think in a different era, Charles Barkley probably wins a championship. And so does Carl Malone. And guess what? Patrick Ewing probably gets <laughs> ringed. Maybe Clyde, maybe Clyde Drexler, too. Uh, I don't want to put the pull of the car before the horse and all that because Lamar's the real deal. And Joe Burrow has beaten Mahomes. Granted, Mahomes up 21-3 at home, and Burrow beat him. It's happened. But I think we're we're in an era now, and I think instead of always trying to anoint the next, maybe we should appreciate who the current is. Well, I look at the Ravens, and everybody has looked in one direction, and that's been the quarterback. That defense, Patrick Mahomes will earn a trip to the Super Bowl if you win on the road in Buffalo and you beat Baltimore in Baltimore. There's no questions then about, well, hey. every home game in the playoffs, you know. Hey, that, that Buffalo defense was down about eight guys. They, yeah. were, on, they, were, they were on fumes at the end. Uh, this Ravens defense, fully healthy, awesome, and they just suffocated C.J. Stroud in a way that we haven't seen all season. They are legit, and they are really well coached. Uh, he's going to earn it. All 60 minutes he's going to earn it. But as I said on Good Morning Football Friday, when I was the only person on the network, I think, who took the Chiefs to win uh, – I cannot pick against Patrick Mahomes, not because I picked them beforehand, but because I still believe in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like I don't, in my head, I don't envision in a situation where he's going to wilt in a moment. Uh, before I let you go, do you think they changed the fumble out yes. of the end zone? Yeah, I would imagine there's real outcry. And I actually speak to a lot of defensive people who hate that there's such outcry over it. But uh, remember Ron Rivera a couple years back when the Browns had it happen in Hollywood. Um, I forget Hollywood what was the name or eighty Hollywood Higgins fumbled it through the back of the end zone. Everyone same outcry this morning of like you got to change that rule. Ron Rivera is like everyone knows that rule. You got to protect the ball around the end zone. Like it's the one rule that 
actually benefits the defense and actually isn't just a, but I think there's some real outcry over it and it's just too punitive. So I would imagine it's going to be voted on. And I think there's been a real push to change that rule. Well, I think uh, Tony Romo even said like you get down there, you can't try to extend the play because you do run the risk of fumbling the ball out of the end zone. But I know we've said it for a couple of years. Usually it takes a moment in the playoffs for, for change to happen. And yeah, but the chiefs won though. So it's not this thing. Like you're right. You're right. Had they, lost, also, had, they lost, had they lost, then then we might be looking at that as, oh, they're definitely yeah, going to change that. And had they lost, I would have said in the morning, what the hell are you doing and giving it to McCall Hardman? Touched the ball twice, went on the turf twice. He was cut by the Jets. What are we doing? <laughs> well, you the can't. Again. Yeah, there's only so much you can change. You you can't change <laughs> how he plays. I'm right. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm like, oh, why am I? Why are you giving him the ball? Pacheco. Just give it to Pacheco. Yes. Uh, hey, safe travels this weekend to Baltimore. Thank Thanks for joining us. You're the man, dude. Thank you so much for having me on, as always. That's Peter Schrager. He's uh, one of the hosts of Good Morning Football, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern on NFL Network. We'll take a break. We'll update our poll results, and then we will give you our best and worst of the weekend right after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope, I was wrong. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. Get upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. We'll get to more phone calls coming up. Best and worst of the weekend. What we saw that we liked and we didn't like. Hey, I am, I'm not a negative negative guy with Brock Purdy. It feels like people are feeling that I'm coming out after Brock Purdy. I'm just sad. He didn't do anything in the first three quarters. He had a great drive, and they won the game. That's all. I mean, do I want to see more from Brock Purdy? Yes, and I will this weekend in a really important game. And maybe the week after that at the Super Bowl. It's like everybody gets all territorial. Brock Purdy's a great story. I have no problem with him. 
Uh, Ty Law, Hall of Famer, won three Super Bowls with the Patriots, joining us here in studio. You can join him at Mohegan Sun, the FanDuel Sportsbook, private mezzanine for uh, an, a meet and greet with the former Patriot legend, Hall of Famer. That'll be uh, Sunday, January 28th. How about that? So you can watch the game with Ty Law. Yes. Will you give honest opinions during the game of guys that you may like or not like? I don't know how to do anything else, Dan, but give an honest <laughs> opinion. So I'm going to come <laughs> I'm come straight from the hip like I always do. But uh, it's going to be a good time, man. man they're really supporting uh, me, uh, supporting my product and Corvus Vodka, man. So we're going to have a damn good time. So tell everybody, and li- whoever's listening right now, show up and show out, and let's watch the game. Have a good time. All right. And by the way, I didn't know that the Hall of Fame has an official drink. Yes, I'm the official vodka, Corvus vodka. Let me go ahead and put it in the camera for y'all. The official vodka, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, I had to get some of those other guys out of there because, you know, everybody come well, in from no, a sponsor. No, you need to get there. a gold jacket around them. Oh, no, I got those being made. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, it'll be, it'll be gold jackets on these uh, bottles uh, in Canton, but a portion of every bottle goes back to the Players' Assistance Fund, the old school guys that had to get jobs in the offseason who wasn't as fortunate uh, as I am, especially those guys, uh, the money that they're making today. And, you know, I, and to be honest with you, uh, Dan, I got to pinch myself to – Say, damn, I'm in the room with these guys. I got a chance to sit down and talk to the great uh, Jim Brown, Franco Harrison, to hear what they had to go through. So I felt that it was my duty to, you know, be able to give back in some capacity like that and, you know, help them. And if they're passed on, we help their widows as well. Well, you are a Hall of Famer, and I'm uh, curious where your Hall of Fame coach is going to end up, Bill Belichick. (sighs) A lot of people are saying I thought the perfect fit would have been from a personnel standpoint would have been the Cowboys but I see they're going to stay with uh, McCarthy all those things were coming out uh, I just didn't know if he was going to be able to handle being under Jerry you know the two alpha personalities clashing bigger than life personality which could is you Jerry see Jones. him retiring I can see that as well but um, I think he still wants to coach. He has something. I, I don't know why, and I'm going to put it out there. I don't know why the hell Bill Belichick will have anything to prove or feel is, is that he has something Well, there's prove. Don Shula's all-time record okay. that he needs 15 wins. All right, you're going to get that faster going to Dallas <laughs> if you're Atlanta. But at the same time, you know, you know, and I'm saying it's all in fun. There's a lot of good times in Atlanta, too. Maybe Bill might come out to share a little I bit. Don't know. Play did, a little golf, you know, go, go, to, ever, go to Magic City. I don't know. <laughs> did Bill ever have a good time with you guys? Yes. I mean, he was always a, a good time. He's like, for, for whatever reason, when it comes to the media, he's – but if you catch him, you know – but just did he being party Bill. with you guys? No, Bill, hell yeah. He'll party with you. He'll, he'll drink with you, especially after you win the Super Bowl when he can finally, uh, you know, let his hair down a little bit. But, but every wait, wait. time after so, a Super Bowl party, Bill is hanging, drinking, having a good time. Hell, go in his office. Check the refrigerator. <laughs> what, what you got in there? Huh? Some beer. Okay. Some Corvus. <laughs> but, <laughs> he got but, it. Okay, so you had to win a Super Bowl for Bill to have a beer with you. You didn't have to, but it has to be the right setting. But I'm telling you, every time we had the party – and even when I wasn't there, the after party, it's like a, like the monkey is just off his back. He finally won, and he can really enjoy himself, man. And he's really a cool guy. The only time Bill was really an ass was contract time. You know what I mean? That's, oh. when, that's when me and Bill didn't get along. But other than that, man, we the best of friends. Okay, what was that like when you're trying to get a raise? Uh, 
It's tough because, you know, you got to go into it. Every man is for himself. He's working, you know, for an organization. He's trying to keep the cap down. I understand that at, at that point, in that moment in time, you know, I'm basically an independent contractor and saying, hey, this is what my worth is. So it's just like a battle of wits. But at the same time, um, it's, it's one of those necessary evils when you come to our sport. So your fourth year, you had, what, nine interceptions? Yes. You led the league? Yes. Then you renegotiate? Um, yes, but I but I was always played under um, Pete Carroll's contract. I was never a Bill Belichick uh, contract guy. It's just okay. when we had to talk, it was all about the renegotiation. Why didn't Pete Carroll work in New England? I don't know. Pete was awesome to me. You know, I mean, hell, he made me the highest paid corner in football. So me, he's always going to have a special place in my heart. <laughs> but I think it, I think his personality didn't mix with. Uh, the New England culture for whatever reason, you know, around there. He was more, you know, energetic, more happy-go-lucky. Coming from a Coach Parcells to a Pete Carroll, it is a different personality, you know what I mean? And I liked it. A lot of guys didn't. I think I know Mr. Kraft and the GM at the time, you know, Bobby Greer, they were, you know, interviewing basically our opinion on some players. What do we think? Yeah. I gave him a, a glowing recognition of I want to – keep uh, Pete Carroll because I didn't know who they were going to get. But then, you know, the whole circulation about Coach Belichick coming, that's when I was like, okay, I can work with that because, remember, he was my DB coach in 96 when we went to the Super Bowl. So I had Belichick every day. You know what I mean? So okay. it was a different type of relationship. So, you know, I have a fondness for Coach Belichick. And when he came, the only thing I had to get shocked about then is, damn, Bill got brand new. And I'm like, well, who is this guy? But, I, <laughs> but understand that he has to – He's the head coach now. He has to. He's just not my coach. He's just not our coach. He's everyone's coach. So that was a little bit of adjustment period. What was it like when he would yell at Brady? The same as everybody else. I mean, he did not hold back. And you know, if you talking about low lights, and it was it was one of the highlights of the day for me of the week. As long as I wasn't on him, because <laughs> you talking about hilarious. You know, I mean, it, it was it was. It was comical because he would go on in and just give you his one-liners. He didn't care who it was. Well, like it's what? a roast. It, 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 it is a roast. You know what I mean? And I and the sky don't lie, so you always want to go out there and put on a good performance, and Bill Belichick is going to call you out. And Tom Brady was definitely not off limits. Well, that also sends a really good message to the rest of the team. When Brady's not off limits, that Bill is willing to criticize him right. the way he would criticize a rookie. Exactly, and and – and that created, you know, that culture that everyone was held accountable, uh, even Tom Brady. And I think Tom Brady wouldn't have wanted it any other way. That's how we all grew up. That's how we all learned to be champions and, and, and protect one another. And we held each other accountable as well because if you didn't perform, you didn't have to wait for Coach Belichick to come in. We would do it ourselves. We we're, police each other. We're talking to Ty Law, the Hall of Famer, won three Super Bowls with the Patriots. You were at Michigan. Mm -hmm. Were you a fre uh, freshman when the Fab Five was there? Yes, I was uh, a freshman. I was. They was actually sophomores, so I came in the year after those guys. And uh, you know, good friends of mine. They, they it was an incredible atmosphere because everyone knows that the University of Michigan is a football-driven type of school. Mm -hmm. The Fab Five. They they changed that narrative. You know, they were just as important, if not more important, than uh, the football at the time. Of course, not from a revenue standpoint. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got 100,000 people in there, but it's just known for that. But they really changed the culture when it comes to the basketball at Michigan. Not that they didn't have success before, but it was just like a phenomenon to have five freshmen come in and do what they did and impact the school like they have. You know, they had every everybody at the games. You know what I mean? We, we went to games, but 
when the Fab Five, and we're going to games. Five Five leave. Right, we go every now and again. <laughs> uh, Jim Harbaugh's future is mm-hmm. it at Michigan? You may hope it's at Michigan, yes. but but let's be honest. Of what do you think Jim is going to do? I think he's going to take his time. I would like to see him. My son goes to the University of Michigan, by the way, and he's a sophomore there. And what he's done, he can't go any higher. I would love him to come back and do a Nick Saban type of thing and keep Michigan and continue to do so. But with the NILs and people basically got to recruit and basically offer more money, damn damn near what they're getting in the pros. You know what I mean? It's going to be hard. And I think talking to a lot of coaches from college and the difference between the pros is that you have an offseason. You don't have an offseason. So if Jim can name his price and go where he wants to go when he doesn't have to recruit, I think he's going to, just just in my opinion, I think he's going to listen to it. Do I want him to leave? Absolutely not because, I mean, he's done something special. But do you think he'll leave? If the right opportunity comes, I think he will, you know, just because of everything I just mentioned. You have taken the team to the national championship the first time ever in the great tradition of Michigan football go undefeated. You can't go nowhere but down. Yeah. Unless you do it again, so I just think you know the right situation. He's going. He's probably going to take advantage of that and not have to recruit. Would you rather face Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? Ooh. You know what? I, oh, that's a tough one right there because I would say Patrick Mahomes. I would probably rather face Patrick Mahomes from a defensive back standpoint because you know he's looking to throw it first. Not that. Not that Lamar doesn't, but Lamar. He can beat you with them legs. And I remember the first time that we ever experienced something like that playing against Michael Vick in Atlanta. And you can have your receiver covered. Next thing you know, this dart comes out of nowhere. (laughs) And now you got to go chase. Now you're chasing this receiver. Now I got to go chase somebody as a quarterback that's just as fast or not fast in the receiver. I was never more tired in the game in my life. So I think I'll take Patrick Mahomes and take my chances of covering his receivers and let him try to stick the ball in and have to worry about covering and looking back and seeing Lamar Jackson running at me. <laughs> okay. Explain Michael Vick to those who never got to see him play. Michael Vick was Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, who else runs the ball, Cam News, Stevia, all packaged in one. He was the first one that, that can really run, and it was such a shock. He see. probably could have he been a, a tailback. He could have been a tailback, and he was fast, he was quick, explosive, so Michael Vick was a one-of-a-kind man, and like I said, when he came in and he he replaced Chandler, because I mean we were we were we were kicking their ass, right? But when he came in, he almost brought him back, and we were tired. That's we were a like, different what is level it's of a, athleticism. Different, Chris Chandler, exactly. Michael right? Vick. Like they 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 sat him down, brought Mike in. We was like, oh my god, please. We glad the game is almost <laughs> over because we don't want to play this guy all game. <laughs> uh, you got a grudge against anybody still after you? No, you dislike somebody. No, it's no one that I dislike because, um, you know, when we're out there playing, I'm not friends with nobody. I'm not trying to. But like Heinz Ward, if he. No, I mean, Heinz Ward, I mean, me and Heinz are good. You know what I mean? But on the field, we were competitors. You know what I mean? They got this one famous shot that people love to show me where Heinz Ward, he got me up in, you know, face mask and all that stuff. But they don't ever show the end of the play. So the caption is, it's like he's giving me the stuff. But if you look at the end of the play, yeah, I damn near put him in the Gatorade, <laughs> but, but you don't you don't catch that one. But no, Heinz is a, he's a big, he's a great uh, he's a friend, a great competitor, and I hope to see him in the Hall of he Fame one day. Be. He should be. He should be in the, be in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Uh, what's the Tom Brady story you tell to your 
Your kids or your grandkids? Well, one of my favorite. It's a lot of stuff that I can't say because we're on a Dan Patrick why, show. I don't, don't want to get you. Can't you I don't want. I don't want to get you fined. I don't care. I don't. I, I can't but, get fined. Okay, but but I won't do that to you, Dan. Well, I mean, some you got to keep. Is it just the language? Yeah, language and all that good stuff. I mean, we we were young. We were winning, but Tom Brady. I would was say Tom this. a Hall of Famer off the field when he was playing. <laughs> Check his roster. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, he was a Hall of Famer. No, <laughs> hey, no. hey, everybody wanted to be Hall of uh, Hey, both on and off the field, Tom okay. Brady is a Hall of Famer. But I will say he was very confident. And I remember it was myself, Lloyd Malloy. We were having a, he was coming, we was walking into uh, the steakhouse. We have this big team dinner. And Tom Brady told me and lawyer, he said, I ain't giving this shit back. That's exactly the words that came out of his mouth. So I hope you don't get fined because okay. mine slip every now and again. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. It slip every now and again. So after Hit the, the first Super Bowl? Yeah. So, no, that was going to the Super Bowl. He said, I'm not giving it back because that's when Drew got hurt. Oh. So that's how he felt. He said, I'm not giving this back. You know, and he said it with that. And so, you know, I'm on it. Oh, that's the spirit, you know. <laughs> you, you supposed, that's how you're supposed to think as a young guy. And lawyer was like, we 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 like kind of laughing. It's like, oh well. Yeah, but how you got a hundred? You got a hundred million dollar man come when he come back. Oh, that's his job, and that's just how it was back then. You didn't think you would lose your job. But how confident injury. were you of Brady? I can't say he he wasn't the Brady that he is now, and it wasn't the confidence in Brady. It was the confidence in our defense. So we didn't give a damn who was out there quarterback, whether <laughs> it was true. Drew or Brady. We were a defensive team at the time, and the strength. You know, was that so we didn't know what to expect from Tom. So our whole thing was just don't turn the ball over. Just control the game. Don't turn it over. We got this. And I mean, we were one of like probably number one defense at the time anyway. So I think you get it gets forgotten about when you're talking about the whole story. But no one knew that Tom Brady would be the greatest football player of all time at that moment. Well, I remember late in the game and then John Madden said, you know, you sort of let play for overtime. So he's doing the game, and then Brady decides, or Bill decides they're going to throw the ball downfield, and then you put it in, in uh, you know, field goal range with Vinatieri. But at the time, here's the great John Madden saying, you know, because Brady is your quarterback, right. play for overtime, take your chances. No, that, no, that was the greatest show on turf, and you're talking about tired. You know, we were tired defensively. I mean, they had a lot of talent. So, you know, you played it, go out there and win the game. I mean, we knew we can play with them. From the first time we played with him, but man, Tom, he didn't shy back. He didn't shy. He wasn't shy about the moment. He was out there ready to play, but we wanted to win. So I don't think you want to take a chance in overtime with that great offense. They got five, six Hall of Famers on there. And why did they use Marshall Falk as a decoy that, that game? No, I don't know if they used Marshall Falk as a decoy. I'm going to tell you, we had a hell of a game plan with that. So I wouldn't say Marshall Falk was a decoy. We were. You made him a decoy. Damn right. You took him out of the game. Absolutely. It was somebody on Marshall Falk during the during the whole week of practice, and anybody can that on that team can, can, can contest and back me up. That we had a number twenty eight jersey. You usually had a quarterback jersey. We had a number twenty eight <laughs> jersey. Somebody in red, and we had the practice squad guys rotating because they were getting hit. They were basically the only ones that was live, you know, okay. in practices. So somebody hit Marshall Falk every single play that they could no matter where he was at. So we basically had a spy on Marshall Falk. So they had to they had to divert. Did the Patriots spy on the uh, Rams in their walkthrough at the Super Bowl? 
I don't know nothing about that. So when I say spy and they try to twist it, I say it's like spying on a quarterback. We had a spy on Marshall Falk. <laughs> that means an individual hit Marshall Falk every time. If he comes in your area, hit him. If you look at Willie McGinnis one time, you remember when they, I think he got a flag for it, Marshall was just standing there. Go knock the hell out of him. You know what I mean? And that's what it, that's how much respect that we had for him. But at the same time, we wasn't going to let him beat us, and that's how Coach Belichick did the game plan. Uh, he's Ty Law. You can uh, visit with him uh, coming up Sunday. Uh, it'll be the uh, Sun, Wine, and Food Fest. Tickets available for the uh, first championship game viewing party from 3 till 6. And uh, the second game, that'll be 6.30 to 10. So uh, Mohegan Sun, FanDuel Sportsbook. And uh, you're able to uh, say hello to Ty Law and have some of his vodka. Yes, Corvus Vodka, everybody. Official vodka to Pro Football Hall of Fame. You leaving that for me? Oh, yes, absolutely. They're yours. Yeah? Yep. Did I'm going to sign one for them to you, so let's put it right here in the man cave. There's no man cave. There should be no man cave in New England without Corvus Vodka. Did you ever have a sip of anything before you played a game? Like, or a halftime? Like whiskey or? Uh, no, we did it in practice before. You know, Mike Vrabel used to have a flask. So we all go to Vrabel's and hit the flask, and he had some whiskey or something. But no, I was a I was a coffee guy. You know what I mean? That's, wait, that's wait. about it. So Vrabel has a flask. Yes. And then you go over and take a little. Yeah, he had everybody else getting a flask. So, so back then we used to have to drive to practice too. So that's the one thing that uh, you know the old school before you see all the beautiful uh, Gillette Stadium yeah. in Foxborough. Now we had to get in our car. With our shoulder pads on, like we were little league, <laughs> and we everybody driving over there with helmets and shoulder pads on, just being silly. And hell yeah, we was taking drinks in the car. So Coach Parcells, Pete, yeah, when we were over at the other practice facilities, it was going down on that little five minute drive, <laughs> <laughs> especially when it was cold outside. But never a game. Oh, never a game. Not not for me. I, I I've never uh, uh, drank before a game. I I, I couldn't trust. It. I, I had to go out there and cover the fast guys, man. You can't go out there covering Marvin Harrison and. And Randy Moss, T.O., was alcohol in your system. I mean, I'd be on the wrong end of the highlights. <laughs> uh, great to see you. Thank you. Good Thanks luck for having with your me. Vodka and, uh, Appreciate it, man. Thank congrats you. again on the Hall of Fame. Thank you. He's uh, Ty Law. We'll take a break. We're back after this Dan Patrick Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The boundlessly capable all-electric EQS SUV from Mercedes-Benz with available transparent hood technology. So advanced, it can see through sheet metal. The vehicle's all-electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQS SUV. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 